Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yo, what's good, Rush Nation? It's your boy Stocks flying solo tonight on the Wide Receivers Pod, my absolute favourite position in possibly all of football. If you read any of the playbooks from the last two years, you'll know that perhaps my wide receiver write-ups are my most passionate, and I hope that came across when you read them. If you haven't, and you want to go back and look at the last two draft classes of wide receiver, you can buy the books over on the website. I think they are a pound each. If not, Hit us up on Twitter at 5YardCollege and I'll sort you out with a discount code. It's it's pretty much that simple. Now tonight, this is going to be me and my thoughts on the wide receiver class. Unfortunately, Ash has had to venture. Well, actually, I don't know where Ash is this weekend. He is, last weekend it was Bristol. I think it might even be Birmingham, midway through Middle England. No, he's not out on business. He is actually on a stag do and... Because of our schedules and Ash's football life, we we couldn't get together. So you've just got me in your ears. I'm hoping that it won't be too dull listening to me, and I hope my enthusiasm for wide receivers comes across. Now we've got, how many are we going to be talking about this week? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, no, I'm joking. We're going to go through as many as the big guys that I think necessarily there will be some honourable mentions and... Perhaps when Ash gets back, we can touch on some that maybe I missed or some points that he feels I didn't cover. And if there's anybody you think we should cover or anything I missed, again, let us know on Twitter at 5 Yard College or at 5 Yard Rush if you want to get involved with the boys talking 
Dynasty picks four rookies this year. I know Rich and Liam had, oh, I can't remember who they had on uh, recently about wide receivers and, and rookies, and they, there was some great information over there. But that was for fantasy purposes. This is going to be purely four wide receivers. On our list, we do have Garrett Wilson as the number one from the Contensus Top 100 from Five Yard College. However, because this is my pod tonight and you have got just me, we're going to be hitting up Drake London first. Everybody knows he is my absolute favourite receiver in this draft. And it's, it's easy to see why. When you look at his tape, he is an absolute monster. He's a 50-50 ball winner and he does everything I want from my wide receiver. Is he a blazer? No. Has he got top-end speed? He is not slow, but he is not Garrett Wilson fast. However, I like my receivers built big. Check out my write-up on Claypool from two years ago now. Maybe even last year. My brain is mush on this Friday Rush Nation. I apologies. But I like my receivers to be big, especially my outside guys, which Drake London is. However, he did play in the slot two years ago. If you look at his stats from the last three years, he didn't have a massive first two years at USC. However, in his third year, only played eight games due to ankle injury, which we will get to. But in those eight games, he had 88 receptions, which was 11 receptions a game, 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns. He had 135 receiving yards per game, which is massive when you consider how much of the offense he was for USC. Drake London was the USC offense in a torrid year for the Trojans. I think he had something like over 40% of the team's offensive targets, which is massive. And the fact he managed to accumulate 135 yards a game is absolutely bananas. They did in 19 and 20. There was the the big depth chart over at USC. They had Michael Pittman, Amon Rasen Brown over the last two seasons before last year. So he managed to come to the forefront and be the dog for USC. He did play the slot. He only had six games in the COVID season of 2020. However, it showed that he can play outside and inside. And when you get that kind of versatility, for me, it just adds that extra dimension I want from my wide receivers. The injury, as I mentioned, it was a season-ending ankle fracture. And not only was it terrible news for Drake London, it was terrible for me because I had him as my linchpin or my wide receivers on the five-yard showdown team. Didn't matter in the end. I managed to get to the final and and just beat Rich and bring home the title. But for Drake London, the thing that I think was huge about his ankle injury is the fact that the combine and pro day, we wanted to see how London ran. Could he be fast? Haven't seen that, so we don't know. Does it really matter? For me, no. His mismatch in the size and arm length category over DBs in the NFL who are slightly smaller than yesteryear mean that his ability to get up, win the ball, or get his body in a way that he can then return that catch into yards after the catch is where Drake London makes his money. He hasn't got the high-end speed, but because of the way he catches the ball, brings it in and is able to get the separation from the defenders by either arm fighting or 
making that separation with a crisp turn in his route means that he can get the yards after the catch. The size in the red zone, absolute goldmine. Drake London will go up and win you a ball on a, on a corner route or, or on a post. But it's the, the danger in the red zone, coupled with the yards after the catch and the fact that he can be the yards after. He's, he's not going to go over the top. He has the ability, but he isn't a blazer. If he beats you over the top, then those yards after the catch are extremely good. I don't think that it's a massive deal. I think landing spot for him is an even bigger deal than not having the speed. He's compared by some to Mike Evans. Is that a good thing? Mike Evans is a record-setting wide receiver. Of course it's a good thing. So Drake London, 6'4", 219 pounds. As I mentioned, his strength, contested catchability, big dude, and he plays with a passion. That was for all to see in USC's terrible season last year. Drake London was out there balling every single week. Minuses, as I said, isn't a burner, has average top speed. And how is this ankle injury going to impact him in his first year in the NFL? Because it was an ankle break, not the end of the world. I'm led to believe that recovery is coming along nicely, so he should be fit, ready for training after the draft. But as I said, his 2021 season, the stats for me make all the reading and it, it he is my number one. Absolutely. Nailed on. Come at me if you think I'm wrong. Right. Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Should he be number one? Garrett Wilson offers absolutely everything you want from your ride receiver. He just, for me, isn't quite big enough. Have we seen that be a problem in the last draft class? Probably not. But, again, it depends how you want your wide receiver built. Garrett Wilson is a speed freak, an absolute game-breaking speed freak. Playmaking ability is as good as anybody in this draft because of how he runs his roots. They're smooth like butter. However, his suddenness into a break and out of a break, or how he snaps his hips, leave DBs completely befuddled. And it is that where his generational I would even, yeah, I would say his generational separation sorry, is where Garrett Wilson separates from the rest of this class. Is that necessarily a good thing? Not a good thing. Is that necessarily what I want from him to be my number one receiver? Obviously not, because I have him at two. I said he isn't the biggest dude. He's six foot on the dot, weighed in at 183 pounds. Smallish for a receiver. Yes, however, his 40 time was 4.38, so as I said, he is absolutely blistering. His release from the line of scrimmage is almost instant. And what he does superbly well, as I mentioned, is how he breaks off of his roots. You can't give him too much of a cushion to, to adjust for that speed because he can stop on a dime and turn suddenly. You can't press him at the line because his release is so fast. If he does win in the arm fight at the line, then he's gone. It's, it's that simple with Garrett Wilson. However, that isn't the only thing that <laughs> makes Garrett Wilson a great receiver. He's got superb body control and adjustable in the air. His adjustment is fantastic, which means as soon as he gets the ball in his hand, he can use his speed, which 
along with his separation, means he's gone. He can adjust to the ball, as I mentioned, in the air, which means not only is he good after the catch, but he can win contested catches where he can perhaps show a different direction with his body, get his arms out the other side, get ahead of the DB in that respect, haul the ball in, and we've seen him make some great contested catches. I mentioned if he, if you could press, if you're going to play against him with a press DB, he has struggled, and this is perhaps down to size. Maybe he hasn't got the weight to fight the DB at the line of press. If he can get his arms inside the DB and release the contact at the line, then great. If he can't, he sometimes gets bottled up and can sort of get stuttered into his route, which, which can be a problem. However, what he does superbly well is stack his DB up and turn him inside out. And when it comes to an NFL defensive lineup against Wilson... We may see perhaps less press or more press, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing because if they do press him a lot, we know that there's going to be another receiver on the team. Where do we think he's going to go? Who knows? If he turns out that he needs to be the alpha, perhaps that could be an issue. Whereas if you've got a DB playing man press and Wilson can learn, add a bit of weight, can learn to use those arms and a bit and hands in a fight at the line, he only needs to beat you slightly and he's gone. Do we think he's better than Chris Olavi? I think they're very different receivers from what you want from your wide receiver. Chris Olavi is perhaps slightly bigger, less of a burner, offers more, you know, a sort of catch and rece uh, receptive. No, what's the word I'm after? Uh, uh, he's your receptions guy. He's not necessarily your, your burner over the top big play guy. Although Chris Olave has had big plays at Ohio State, and we will get to him. Garrett Wilson's 2021 stat line reads 1,058 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, 70 catches, 15 yards per reception over 11 games. Currently drafted as a, a projected, sorry, as a mid-first round. Do we think he's going to go there? I think he is. I think he could well be the first receiver off the board unless we see somebody want another speedster in Jameson Williams who is an absolute monster when it comes to speed. For me, Garrett Wilson is a better receiver all over. However, what he does need to work on is, whilst he is very smooth in and out of his roots, he doesn't necessarily have the biggest root tree, and perhaps we'd like to see that expanded on at the next level. But absolutely, as a first-round talent, Garrett Wilson has got everything you want from your wide receiver. Okay, so I mentioned Chris Olave. Let's just get straight to him. Another Buckeye, Chris Olave is six foot and 187 pounds, but shows it in a very, very different way to Garrett Wilson. For me, he is number he's number three, just ahead of Traylon Burks, who we will talk about. But Chris Olave, again, has the speed and release. He isn't quite as fast as Garrett Wilson, and we see that from his from his 40 time, where he managed to clock a 4.39. So again. Faster than projected, but slightly, slightly slower than Wilson. What Chris Olave does for me better than Garrett Wilson is finding the soft spots in coverage and exploiting them with great route running. I know I've said route and route. Don't come at me. I'm British. I'm trying to adjust to the American way. Let's 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 not beat around the bush. I'm saying both. I'm sorry. That soft spot in zone coverage and his speed 
and catching ability means Chris Olave is great when he gets off script. If you if the pocket breaks down, your wide receiver breaks out into a run like we see the modern day uh, quarterbacks always seem to do. Chris Olave can break off his route, find the soft spot and be open. That is going to be a huge, huge thing for the NFL. I really like Chris Olave and what he's able to do as a receiver. He creates great separation because he has great release, not necessarily the Wilson release, but he does it in a set different way. He's better with his hands and arms at the line. He does have good speed, but he's not a yards after the catch guy. He's more of a, a, a reception guy. Like I mentioned, he, you, you throw him the ball, he'll get you the yards, he'll get the catch because his hands are great. He's not a body catcher, uses his hands really well, hauls it in. Good ball security and will we'll move the chains. However, Chris Olave is not the strongest defender when it, uh, wide receiver, sorry, when it comes up against a strong defender. He can be bullied in the middle of the field, which is why perhaps his yards after the catch is not great. He is a very, as I mentioned, smooth player off the release, and I like it. He also shows that when running his routes, he, he is smooth. However, the smoothness isn't translated into yards after the catch. So, you're throwing him the ball, looking for the yardage to make the first down. And the fact that Alave and Wilson were able to both be productive at Ohio State against some of the best defences in the Big Ten, to me, shows how different they are as a receiver, but also how good. In 2021, his stat line was 936 receiving yards, 13 receiving touchdowns, 65 catches, 14.4 yards per carry, uh, reception sorry, through 12 games. Is he a first-round talent? Yeah. What's the kind of receiver we, we're liking him to at the moment? He's got a sort of Calvin Ridley-esque game, how he plays. Calvin Ridley is clearly an elite wide receiver. Off-the-field issues aside, we're not going to get into that on tonight's pod, but he is superb, Calvin Ridley, as an NFL wide receiver. We've seen it. Chris Olave can be exactly the same thing for an NFL team. We just need to wait and see where he lands. And, and if, he can, if he can get a bit stronger, which, you know, strength and conditioning in the NFL is a huge thing, and, and I'm pretty sure they can do that. So next up, we have Traylon Burks. I mentioned him earlier. Unfortunately, Tom couldn't be here tonight to talk about Traylon Burks. Otherwise, it would pretty much be 45 minutes of Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is out of Arkansas, he is 6'2", 225 pounds, and if you are talking about somebody who was a superb fit to replace Adams at Green Bay, you're talking about Traylon Burks. This guy is an outside machine. Absolutely everything you want from your outside guy. 6 foot 2", 225 pounds, has nearly 9 inch hands, and ran a 4.5540, which is not bad for somebody who weighs 225 pounds. Some people have Traylon Burks as the first round receiver, I mean, the first receiver going off the board. It's not something that I can see happening. However, I've been proven wrong before. I'm going to be proven wrong again. And he's got that game-breaking ability because of his outside nature. Yes, he can play in the slot, but he is a big possessional receiver. 
and it's his toughness, physicality and dangerousness that he provides yards after the catch is where Traylon Burks really makes his money and that is what Aaron Rodgers wants. As I said, he's a tough, got unbelievable hands which leads to him having just a spectacular catching ability. When you watch him jump up for those 50-50 jump balls, his size, strong frame, positioning, his ability to move in the air, knows where the ball is, his ball locating is, could be the best in this class. And he just wins catch after catch after catch. Because of his size, he's out jumping defensive backs, gets to the ball at his high point of the jump. That is going to be superb in the NFL. We've seen it with the big receivers. It works. Red zone target, monster up that end. In the 20, he's going to be a beast. 2021, 1,104 receiving yards, 11 receiving touchdowns, 66 catches. That meant 16.7 yards per reception through 12 games. AJ Brown is his comparison, if you believe the Twitter sphere. Can I see that? Ah, man, yes, I think I can. But the thing what he does not provide for me is the speed AJ Brown. Now, AJ Brown is by no means a burner, but AJ Brown can break off a play and take it the full distance. Can Traylon Burks do that? I don't know. I don't know if he's got a full field of pace to outrun the secondary. Do I think he'd be caught? Probably. Because Traylon Burks has spent quite a lot of time on the outside, his route tree and running isn't the smoothest because of what Arkansas made him do, go up and be that big catch guy. They didn't necessarily use him massively after the catch. Is that a problem? I'm not so sure. I just don't think he offers the game-breaking speed that A.J. Brown does yards after the catch-wise. But everything else, yeah, absolutely. Count me in for Traylon Burks having a huge career in the NFL. Tom, I don't know if I've done him enough of a service there, but I, I hope that I managed to fill his boots well enough for you that it, it was okay. Okay, next up. Jamison Williams, the former Buckeye who transferred last season to Alabama, is six foot two, 179 pounds, so slightly taller than Alave and Wilson, but around about the same height. Unfortunately, did suffer the ACL. But this guy turned up at Alabama and was just electric in 2021. It's the ACL tear in the National Championship game was atrocious for his draft stock. 2021, as I said for Jameson Williams, it was nothing short of remarkable. 1,572 receiving yards, 15 touchdowns, 79 catches, 19.9 yards per reception through 15 games. Jameson Williams has got the ability, I think, to be the next Tyreek Hill. Do we think the Chiefs, depending on mock drafts, you see Jamison Williams going mid-first round to late-first round. Our team's going to be put off by this ACL. It's a possibility. 
if he makes it to the Kansas City Chiefs? Do they just decide, yep, we're going we're gonna to plug this guy in and, and try and replace Tyreek the Freak one for one and just wait on his ACL healing? Jameson Williams, if you imagine Will Fuller as a receiver who doesn't get injured, how good would that be? How good was Will Fuller for the Texans? Unbelievable until he gets injured. I think Jameson Williams is tougher than Will Fuller. I just think it, it, the injury in, in the championship game was just unlucky. What does Jameson Williams bring to the NFL as a wide receiver? As a speed demon, obviously has unbelievable burst. He also has elite release from the line. What he does well, as you can imagine, is run the deep routes very, very well. However, he doesn't just run deep routes. He runs the short run routes, intermediate routes, can stop on a dime. However, is that going to change because of the ACL? Unlikely and how ACLs are repaired these days. His explosive speed and suddenness means that he can turn you inside out. And that suddenness catches DBs by surprise. And because of that suddenness and ability to get downfield, any play, he's a threat to score. He could take the top off of a defense without really trying. And he doesn't necessarily need to be the target for that to happen. You just look at people have to sit back and open up the middle, making it soft for somebody like Chris Olave to eat up those catches in the middle of the field. And then Jameson Williams, bang, can get you on the next play. It's the deep threat ability that he brings is elite for the NFL. The ACL might mean a late first round pick, but his a, it's just what we've seen from him means that he is a first round talent. And I think a team will, will want to take that risk in the first round because of what we've seen of him. Yes, one season, but what we saw from that season from Bryce Young and Jameson Williams is was as good as anyone else in this draft class he needs to work on his blocking he sometimes gives up on plays or isn't bothered if he isn't involved he needs to drum it and be drummed into that you need to be involved on every play help the defense uh, the offense take the lid off the defense regardless of whether he's the target or not that's what we're going to need to see from Jameson Williams at the next level right next up Rush Nation we have David Bell perhaps as a collective five guard college is maybe a little bit high on David Bell however the Boilermakers, Purdue, if you are unsure, relied on David Bell to be their possessional receiver for the three years he was there. Listen, David Bell is pretty pro-ready. What, what he does really well is run routes. He runs them in a way that offers him separation without being explosive. He's got superb hands. And he's tough. Now, 6'1", 212 pounds. It's a pretty good size for a wide receiver. However, ran, only ran a 4'6'5", which isn't that fast. But I don't think that, for me, that doesn't really matter. Because I really, really like how he runs his routes. Gets open, is tough, is not afraid of fighting for the catch. It, that combine time, for me, is slow. When you watch David Bell, I think he looks faster than a 4.65 receiver. I could be wrong, but it really did dent his draft stock. 
But when you look at his 2001 season, he had 93 catches, 1,286 yards, six touchdowns. It's just, is he good enough at the next level? I think he is. I don't think he's elite, but I think he offers wide receiver two upside for a team who might get a steal in the second or the third round because of that combine time. He does everything well. He does nothing brilliantly. Can he be faster? That's what we need to see. We need to see if David Bell can be faster. Murph is not a big David Bell fan. I like him. I don't like him, though, as much as the next guy. And that is Penn State's Jahan Dotson. Penn State seems to crunch out wide receivers that aren't necessarily household names. But Jahan Dotson was one of the best receivers in college last year. In 2021, he had 1,182 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, 91 catches, and 13 yards per reception through 12 games. He's an, he's an early second round draft pick for most, and plays very similar to Juju. Now, I'm comparing him to Juju from several years ago when Juju was superb. You've only got to look back at my ranks from a couple of years ago for fantasy football, which I don't do anymore. But I had Juju as my number one receiver for the year. I was very, very wrong. But Juju excited me on how he played football. Jahan Dotson does exactly the same thing. And I think offers upside as an early second round pick. I think what he does really well is he's very versatile. He can play across the line. Has played in all three positions across the line. He's quick. Very, very quick. Not as quick as perhaps uh, the, the guys we mentioned before, but he ran a 4-4-3 at the, the combine. Only 5'11", 178 pounds. But it's his footwork, which means he has great ability to get open. He, he, he stems defenders at the top of his roots, which means he gets open well, uses his hands superbly, and, and has big playability. We saw it time and time again for Penn State. The only trouble was, Sean Clifford wasn't great and missed him a lot. When you, when you go and look at Jahan Dotson's highlights, and especially Penn State's highlights, if you're watching Sean Clifford, which if you are watching Sean Clifford, you are digging deep in the quarterback uh, highlights. But Sean Clifford missed him time and time again, open downfield when he was open. He does get open quite often down downfield. And when you see how many times he was missed, I mean, he was missed on chances over 80 yards, 70 yards, 60 yards. They were touchdowns. Once Jahan Dotson gets the ball in his hands and he's beating you over the top, he's, he's gone. The size could be an issue. And I think it's an issue for him because he, look, he doesn't like, he's not going to catch the ball in the middle of the field and take a hit. He sometimes avoids contact, which means he's very lacklustre when it comes to blocking. He doesn't like to get involved in the blocking game. Can he get bigger? I think so. Can he get stronger? Yes. He hasn't filled his frame out for me. I think he's got the ability to get bigger. But it's the avoiding contact. Will he start to take contact on as he gets bigger and stronger in the NFL? Possibly. Will he look to avoid it still whilst being an over-the-top kind of guy? Yeah, maybe. There's... There's been some comparisons as well to Elijah Moore, but he hasn't... I don't know how much of a comparison that is because we haven't necessarily seen the best of Elijah Moore in the NFL. 
Dotson for me is a middle of the, the, the sort of mid-range using his route running to get open, using his footwork to beat defenders, catching the ball, getting out of bounds or getting down after a tackle. Does struggle at times in press, but we see that a lot with speedsters because of their size. Sometimes they don't have the strength, as mentioned, to, to really get free of that defender at the next level. Moving on, who is next up? Okay, next up on our list, we've got Romeo Dubes of Nevada. For me, I'm going to make another swerve here and go George Pickens. Sorry, boys, as I mentioned, it's my party. George Pickens, Georgia. Now, had you have talked about this before last, before George Pickens got injured, George Pickens could well have been the number one wide receiver in college football for this year's draft. George Pickens has, has suffered some injuries, but did manage to come back for the National Championship Games and was targeted. You know, the, Georgia wanted him. Brock Bowers was clearly the guy Georgia were using, but George Pickens was definitely the guy that Georgia needed for, for, for that game. George Pickens weighs in at 195 pounds. He's six foot three, and for me, can be an alpha wide receiver. George Pickens has that ability. He runs his routes unbelievably well. If you saw his grab in the national championship game, it was unbelievable. Over the top one hand, hauled it in like it was nothing. Runs his routes really, really, really well, and makes amazing catches. I mentioned it. The game in the, the catch in the national championship game was was unbelievable and he has that ability George Pickens is uh, I think low because of his injury had George Pickens not got injured he could be the number one wide receiver what is he going to do in the NFL now when you watch George Pickens and this is my homerism coming out here I think he compares so well to AJ Green now, come at me if you think that is a terrible decision. But the way he plays as an alpha, he could be that guy. He could easily be that guy. And be the guy like AJ Green was for the Bengals. He could be the receiver that could be, you know, transgenerational. Uh, he, could, he could be great on a terrible team. He ran a 4-4-7 at the Combine, which isn't slow. But he, he only played in three games and had four receptions. What he did do, though, through those four games, had 107 yards. And that was huge in the National Championship game. Showed his speed and explosion at the Combine. Has everything you want from your alpha receiver. Just... Injury concerns maybe push him to the second round. Could he be a steal? Yes. Could he be the guy that ends up being the best receiver in this class? It's a very slim chance, but he's got, for me, the alpha ability. It's just the injury concerns. Has had occasional drops, and then there has been some off-the-field issues as well with George Pickens, but is that going to be a problem in the NFL? It could be. Are we expecting it to be, you know, the NFL could hammer it out of him off the field issues is never a good thing which may as well well be why his draft stock has dropped but for, as a receiver moving off the field George Pickens has everything I want from my wide receiver one in the NFL 
and I think he could, he could easily, easily be that guy. As I mentioned, Romeo Dubes is up next. Okay, Romeo Dubes from Nevada, six foot two, two hundred one pounds, thirty two inch arms and ten inch hands. Projected time of a four five flat. I don't know if he ran in the combine. I don't have that information in front of me. Not the not seeing huge amounts of Romeo Dubes. So as a third fourth round prospect, he's potential and upside. Had 80 receptions for 1,109 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2021. Solid option for Carson Strong. Ash probably has a lot more on Romeo Dubes because of how good he thinks Carson Strong is. He loves Carson Strong, has watched a lot of tape, I know that. Did really, really well in the Senior Bowl and showcased a lot of size and strength along with some quickness. And his release on the line was good. Has good separation, which he gets from decent footwork. However, he isn't a burner. He contributed well in 2018 and 2019 for Nevada as well as, uh, but there wasn't much done in 2020 because of COVID. He did have nine nine touchdowns in 2020, but it was his 2021 season where he broke out. Really, could he be? Could he be good at the next level? I'm not sure. There's some debate whether he's got the fight, but I don't know. I don't know. I, th I think he can be. I think he's going to be an outside guy, but I don't think he's got the speed to. The quickness is there for the short routes, but it's the top, the the, the long speed that, that concerns me with Romeo Dubes. Okay, next up is Wondell Robinson from Kentucky, five for eight hundred and seventy-eight pounds, only twenty-seven inch arms, which isn't. Superb. Did run a 4-4-4, so he's pretty quick. He was phenomenal for Kentucky in 2021. Caught 104 passes, had 1,334 yards and seven touchdowns. Did smash the SEC last year, so it was a bright spark for Kentucky. He's very similar to Brandon Cooks when you watch him play. He's the outside speed guy, but has the ability to turn in field. So he's not just running nines, he can run posts and stuff like that. Similar to Tyreek Hill in how he plays, but he isn't as fast as Tyreek Hill. That's a speed that we don't often see in the NFL. Very similar to Brandon Cooks in how he plays, as I mentioned. Brandon Cooks is a superb receiver in the NFL. What Wondell Robinson does really well has suddenness when breaking out of his routes. He uses that suddenness coupled with his speed to create separation. Not not the tallest guy. Again, 178 pounds, as I mentioned, means he does struggle with press and strength and blocking isn't great. But perhaps that's something we're seeing more and more in the NFL and college football that wide receivers don't need to do that. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. Come at me on Twitter at 5 Yard Rush. I would love to have a debate about that. There's some Alan Robinson in his game as well. And I think perhaps... It's Alan Robinson's ability to become quickly available for his quarterback. Be open, short yardage stuff, not necessarily over the top. But he can get open early over the top because of his release. His footwork is good. One down Robinson could well be a steal in this draft. Now, there's loads of players that we could mention here. There's some honourable mentions which we should definitely get to. We're talking John Mechie of Alabama, Justin Ross of Clemson, 
who else have I missed? Christian Watson, North Dakota State. This guy from Tampa was superb for NDSU. The senior bowl was where Christian Watson really, really showed his speed and run after the catch ability. He's a big dude, 6'4", 208 yards. So not only is he fast, ran a 4-3-6 at the combine, but it's his 50-50 ability. Go up, get that ball, use your speed as a mismatch. In 2021, he had 43 receptions, 800 yards, 7 touchdowns, but he did run a touchdown in, showing versatility. Has big playability. Christian Watson, people are really, really high on Christian Watson, and it's it's easy to see why. Who else have we got here? We've mentioned Wondell Robinson. I'm just running through my list, Rush Nation. It's There's so many players. The wide receiver class is so deep. Somebody I am secretly high on, Alec Pierce, wide receiver from Cincinnati. 6'3", 211, only had 52 catches in 2021, 884 yards, 8 touchdowns. Has a skill set that I love for my receivers. Is big, fast, productive, ran a 4-4-1. Has the second gear to get into the backfield and be gone over the top. Long speed for days. Is also a size speed mismatch being 6'3", a lot of decent size. So I saw somebody on Twitter comparing to Jordy Nelson, and I absolutely loved that, considering how good Jordy Nelson was. Didn't have a great senior bowl, but the combine performance from Alec Pierce was delightful. So somebody I want to see more from, and I hope his draft stock, if a fantasy, he lands well in a decent land is what for fantasy, but goes under the radar, because Alec Pierce, I think, could be unbelievable at the next level. Sky Moore, Western Michigan, 5'10", 196 pound. He's a speed receiver. We saw Sky Moore be ridiculous for the Broncos. Got shifty routes, routes, so runs really, really well. Great yards after the catch. 95 passes, 1,200, nearly 1,300 yards for the Broncos and had 10 touchdowns. Had a great scouting combine as well. Ran a 4-4-1. Slot receiver for me, Sky Moore. Calvin Austin, another one, wide receiver from Memphis, only 5'7", 173 pounds, is undersized, but had a great 2021 season, 74 catches, 1,149 yards and 8 touchdowns, had a good week at the Senior Bowl, but perhaps his size could be a problem in the NFL, don't know, I have to wait and see. Jalen Tolbert, another one, South Alabama, 6'1", 194 yards, ran a 4'4", 9". Had a decent 2021, 1,400 yards, eight touchdowns. Had a good senior bowl, but he's got buzz. But I'm, the senior bowl was good. The combine was okay. I don't really know enough about Jalen Tolbert to give you the lowdown, to be honest, Rust Nation. We mentioned John Mechie. Didn't have a great 2021. Was superb in 2020 when Devon Smith and Jalen Modder were commanding the attention. However, Mechie was made to look... Average by a key alarm from Florida. So he's probably a number two receiver in the NFL for me. Who else have I mentioned? Uh, we've, we've mentioned David Bell. Again, just going through my list. There's so many players, Rush Nation, that I haven't even touched on. Have I missed anybody glaring? Let me know. Justin Ross. He's got everything that the, makes him a receiver, but the injury concern coming off that neck injury is is really... An issue. Danny Gray from SMU could be a sleeper. Really like him and what he brings. Have I missed anyone else? Khalil Shakir. 
Boise State, six foot one ninety six, had a fairly decent week in mobile. Didn't actually manage to play in the senior bowl, but had a good week in practice. Ran a four four three, which is okay, pretty good for somebody six foot. Could well be a sleeper in the NFL. Just looking through the rest of the list here, I don't think there's anybody else that I think is worth really talking about. I could be wrong. We'll have to wait and see at the next level, Rush Nation. That is going to do it for today. I think you've had enough of my voice. Ash, I'm looking forward to having you back next week. I'm not sure what's on the docket because we've messed it up. But let's talk some more wide receivers on Twitter, Rush Nation, at 5 Yard College. Would love to know some takes, anybody I missed. That's going to do it. Saturdays are for rushing too. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.